is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. I guess none of us would have imagined way back in March 2020. Do you remember that? March 2020 was our last time here. And we wouldn't have imagined that we would have been away from here, unable to meet here for so long. Actually, unable to meet for quite a while anywhere, really, for, for so long. So this morning, as um, we gather together here in, in this venue and online as well, really for the first time in this way in a year and a half, I want to say to many of you, thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for being flexible. Thank you for bearing with us as we learn to do some new things in new ways and experimenting with stuff, be it online or having outside church in the school field. Who thought that would be a thing? But that was fun, wasn't it? A few weeks in Ridgeway, that was great. Thank you for allowing us to try those things. And thank you too for those of you who worked so hard to make church online happen and have served us so well in the last 18 months keeping us connected and uh, thank you. yeah, give them a round of applause, absolutely. And thank you too for those of you who are serving now in this, this new season. So as you might imagine, I've given some thoughts and prayer to uh, what I should speak on today. And if you know me at all, you might be able to guess which passage of scripture I will be going to on such an occasion. Which passage in the New Testament might I think it would be good to speak on as we regather like this for the first time in a year and a half? Acts chapter 2 is the right answer. Well done. Those of you who said that, you can have double donuts next week. Or two grapes. I'll go for the donuts, personally. Okay, it's Acts chapter 2. Verse 42. Let's read it together. It is describing the early church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your words. Lord, this is a passage of scripture which is familiar to many of us. But we pray now that you would speak to us afresh as we spend these moments together in this passage. We pray, God, that you would apply it to us. Help us not only to understand what we've read, but to live in the good of it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the church in Acts chapter 2 was a church that was devoted. 
to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, to worship, to the Lord, obviously, and also to one another. They are devoted to one another. And that is the final part of that that I want to pick up on this morning, that devotion to one another. Like I said, many of you would have heard me speak on this passage before. It's a, it's a foundational passage for Jubilee. It's one we've often referred to and often looked at together. We've always said we want to be a, an Acts 2 type of church. And whilst we know that the early church wasn't perfect, I mean, you can read some other passages in Acts and, and get some indications from elsewhere in the New Testament, the sort of things that Paul was and others were seeking to address in the, in the early churches. We, we know it wasn't perfect, but right here in this passage, right at the very earliest days of the church here, we, we find some great stuff. We go, yeah, we'd like to be like that. Wouldn't you like to be a part of a church like that? Yeah. I would. And you know, we constantly say, well, let, let's, let's try and be that sort of church. Where there's that passionate devotion to, to the Lord, to one another, to worship, to prayer, to teaching, to breaking of bread. Devotion's a strong word, isn't it? And it's that word that the passage here uses. It wasn't as they were, you know, sat through a sermon. It wasn't as they stayed awake during the preach. It wasn't as they, you know, <laughs> my preaches. It wasn't just, uh, they're going to be shorter now, it's all good. It wasn't just that actually they you know, tried to do well. They were devoted. Devoted to the Lord, devoted to one another. It seems like this Christian faith that they'd found wasn't just an add-on to the rest of their lives, but was central to it. And so it's this devotion to one another, like I said, I want to pick up on and remind us of today. And, and I recognise that for many of you this won't be anything new, but I did feel it was important for us. As we begin to regather in this context, in this venue, as we work out what life looks like, what church life looks like in this season, I felt it was particularly important. Think about this devotion to or loving one another, we might put it like. You know, loving one another is pretty easy when you have the same opinions, when you're into the same sort of things, you have the same faith, uh, you're, you're stirred by, by, uh, by similar things, you maybe, for example, have the same attitude to risk and what that might look like for you. When all those things are the same, actually it's not hard to love other people, is it? Do you know what's in common? Where it's harder is where there's a difference in some of those things. And that's where you need to work harder to love others. And in, in these days, right, just like it's been in the last 18 months, there is much that could divide us. Your attitude to COVID, your attitude to the vaccination, or how the government has responded, maybe. Or to bring it closer to home, even for this morning, your attitude to whether we should meet and meet together like this, or whether we should be singing or wearing a mask, or you know, you could land at different points, couldn't you? On lots of these questions, you could go up, I land here, and somebody else might land there on it. I'm not saying one's right and one's wrong, I'm just saying there are many things that could be differences for us. And suddenly there are new things which could bring division or dispute or disagreements. 
which is why I felt it particularly important today on our first Sunday back at Quad in 18 months to talk about loving one another. Loving one another. If you've been around Jubilee before, you have probably heard us speak about our core values of loving God, loving one another, loving those who don't know Jesus yet, serving the city and reaching nations. And you know what? Lots of things have changed lately, but those core values for us have not changed. Loving God, loving one another, loving those who don't know Jesus yet, serving the city, reaching nations, they are still important to us. And the foundation is loving God, isn't it? Right at the, right at the beginning is loving God. That's the starting point. What did Jesus himself say in Luke 10, talking to an expert of the law who was questioning him about eternal life? What was his answer? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Yeah, that's our starting point, friends, isn't it? Loving God. If we don't get that in place first, then we're on pretty shaky foundations. Put God first and love him. But you know, following straight on from that is loving one another. It's like the two are intertwined, actually. Really strongly connected. Right throughout the New Testament, you see that. Loving God, therefore, means, one of its expressions is, Loving one another. They're inextricably linked. And it's absolutely core to who we are as a church family. You know, you can't love one another separate from loving God. Because loving one another flows out of. That you receive God's love, his gift, his grace to you. And part of your response in loving him is to love one another. So what does the Bible have to say about this subject? Well, unsurprisingly, it has quite a lot to say about this subject. We don't have time to look at everything this morning, but here are just a few verses for you. John chapter 13. A new command I give you, said Jesus. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. What about 1 John 4, verse 7? Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Chapter 4, verse 11 of 1 John. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And there are other passages we could look at if we have time, which we don't. The root word in all those verses is the Greek word agape. It's one of the four words that the ancient Greeks had for love. And the agape is a spiritual love. It's sacrificial. It's unconditional. And it's that sort of love that we're called to express to one another. It's used in the New Testament to describe how God loves us, as well as how we should therefore, as I said, love one another. So what does it mean? Well, it means that we should be loving one another in the same way that God loves us. In that unconditional, lavish and generous way. You know, for the early church, this had a really practical outworking. They cared for one another, really cared. 
And we see that in the passage we read from Acts 2. But it's important that we see that it's not doesn't happen just as a result of them being told to love one another. It happens as rather because of a changed heart. It's an outflow of something that God has done in them. Now, it might have been the apostles were teaching them, encouraging them to love one another, but actually the sense we get is that God had done something so deep, so dramatic, so miraculous in their lives, that the overflow of that was loving one another in a radical and generous way that we see. They had such an encounter with God, such a receiving of his love, that loving one another just, just flowed out. So when we say we want to be a church that loves one another, we need to see that natural flow from loving God flowing into loving one another. So I want to ask you this morning, have you received his love? Have you received God's love afresh? For some of you, you may have been walking with the Lord for years. If that's the case and you're still going on with God, I want to commend you for that. Say, well done. Keep going. But have you recently just had that fresh awareness, that fresh receiving of his love for you, his grace for you, his plans for your future, like Matt was referring to earlier? So often we can look back, can't we, go, oh yeah, I encountered God then, or that place, or that meeting, or that season, but and that's great to celebrate those things. But how about now? Are you receiving his love afresh now, encountering him now? Is it that receiving of God's love that then the Holy Spirit takes and helps us to flow out into loving one another? Time and again in Scripture, love for God is expected to be expressed. If it's not being expressed, it doesn't seem to result in a changed life. You know, are you really loving God if you're not showing it, if it's not being demonstrated, if, it, if it's not visible? Loving God and loving one another go hand in hand. And both need to be expressed. Loving God needs to be expressed in, in worship, in lifestyle, the way we live our lives. Loving one another needs to be expressed as well. And if it's not expressed, then how do people know? You might go, well, yeah, I love God, I love one another. Great. How do I see that? You see, if you can't see it, if it's not expressed, you might go, well, what evidence is there for that? And actually, how's anybody going to know? If you're not doing something that, that shows that you're loving, caring for one another. Let me give you an example. Back in January of this year, I got COVID. It was not pleasant. It was not fun. It was a, it was a horrible, horrible time. It was really nasty. And whilst, thankfully, I managed to avoid being hospitalised, I was pretty ill. Friends expressed their love for us in a practical ways, by doing shopping for us, by bringing gifts, by sticking in nuts on the window of the room which I was isolated in. 
by generously contributing to a Just Eat voucher, which was very welcome and gratefully received. Thank you very much if you were part of that. All those things with love being expressed. Now, I, I knew that, that there, were, there were other people who were only praying for us and uh, would say, yeah, they wanted to, to love us and, uh, and show that, but it was in these things that were visible and tangible that it was expressed and it could be felt and experienced and received. You know, if you don't express your love for somebody, how are they going to know about it? It's the same if you're married. Your spouse will not know that you love them unless you tell them and show them. And just saying, well, I told them once and I haven't changed my mind is not a good enough answer. It needs continually... There's some nudges going on there, I can see that. I won't say who it is. Uh, it needs continually expressing, doesn't it? No, you can say, well, I told you last year, it's okay. Still, still, still agree. No, you need to express it in words and deeds, actions. Friends, it's the same for us. Love and care for another needs to be expressed. I know I've said this before, but I say it again because I think it's important. Years ago, and I mean many years ago, when I was a young 20-something, so not that many years ago, really, a few years ago, I did a leadership training program, uh, getting myself ready for uh, leading a New Frontiers church, and uh, one of our lectures was on pastoral care. And I remember this like it was yesterday. It was so impactful. Our lecturer told us that often people think when somebody's ill or in need or something's happened, maybe somebody's sadly passed away, people's default position is, oh, I won't call because I won't just be getting in the way or, you know, I won't make contact. And I remember him saying, no, always call, always visit, always make contact because most people don't. Most people think, oh, I'll just be getting in the way, or they won't really want to hear from me or see me, so they just hold back. What happens? The person who's in pain, be it physical or emotional, thinks, not sure if anybody loves me. Probably lots of people do, but just no one's expressing it. I remember this guy saying to us, hammering it into us, always call, always visit, always make contacts. And you know what? Nowadays, it's even easier, isn't it? You know, most of us are carrying some mobile device around with us. It's pretty easy to send a text going, hey, I'm thinking of you, how are you doing? Or I'm really sorry to hear about, you know, whatever it might be. Not terribly intrusive, not difficult, doesn't take up a lot of time, but does express love and care. I want to encourage you Friends, it makes a difference. It really does. So when I was so ill early in the year, isolated away in my room, probably feeling sorry for myself, thinking, well, does anybody love and care and interested? Well, oh yeah, actually. Some people have just done their shopping, brought me chocolate, stuck a note on my window, bought us a meal, and suddenly... I think, oh, actually, yeah, I, I know people care. Now, I, I know people do. 
but suddenly when you can see it, it's tangible. It's on a message in front of you, or on a phone call that somebody's saying, hey, I'm just calling to see how you're doing. Suddenly, there's a reality to it. I want us to be a church that really loves one another. And my guess is, you want to be in a church like that too. I don't think any of us would say, I don't know. Now we want to be in that sort of community, don't we, where love and care is expressed. And for the early church, it wasn't just phone calls and texts because those things weren't available to them. <laughs> but it was really practical. Okay? Really practical. And the early church in the book of Acts weren't really hard on this. They loved one another and they met one another's practical needs. They sold land. They sold houses in order to raise cash to support others who were in greater need than them. That's just taken it to a whole other level, isn't it? Yeah. Now, I know we've got a welfare system that they didn't have, and we're grateful for that, don't misunderstand me. But their love and care for another was radical. Imagine that, like, yeah, I've got, a, I've got another house. I, I've got some stuff that I could sell and raise some cash to meet somebody else's need because they're in dire need and I could help meet that. It just those did it. They brought the money, the money and they put it at the apostles' feet. They entrusted the, the apostles, leaders of the church, to distribute it as there was need. There was a radical and generous loving of one another. Selling their possessions and goods to give to anyone who had needs. We're quiet now, isn't it? You know, we agree to agree. I'm good with the text message. I can do the text message. That's fine. But this is getting serious. This is touching our hearts, isn't it? It's like, oh, now for them, and I suggest for us, the welfare of one another was more important than the size of their bank balance. Looking after others in the fellowship was of greater importance than their investment portfolio. This was a radical and generous care and love for another. In Acts 4, it's taken to another level where we're told there are no needy persons among them. Such was their radical generosity and care and love for another, there were no needy persons among them. Why? Because there's only rich people being saved? No. Because they loved and cared for each other in order to meet those needs. That's pretty devotion, isn't it? When we talk about devotion, there's a pretty high bar there. So I want to encourage us, friends, to be devoted to one another. Let's be devoted to the Lord, yes, obviously. But out of that flows a devotion to one another, a love for one another. Not because we think, oh, well, I heard Graham talk about it, so I guess I better do it. That's not their heart at all. And no, God has so changed their heart. They're so thrilled with this new life in Jesus they've found. They want to express their devotion to the Lord and to one another. Comes out of a changed heart. Comes out of something that God has done by His Spirit. Finally, Another way that we can express love for one another right now is to be gracious 
and kind to those who are responding to the lifting of these coronavirus restrictions in a way differently to you. You might have burnt your face mask in great celebration some time ago, whilst others might still be wearing this. You might be cautiously sanitising your hands regularly while others seem not to bother anymore. Your attitude to risk might be different to others around you. What would the Apostle John say to us in this season? I believe he'd say this. Dear friends, love one another. Love one another. Even when there's some differences and you're outworking stuff in a different way, love one another. Let's have grace for one another in this season. Yeah? Let's be open-hearted and generous towards one another as we sort of find our way through to meeting again and life opens up around us. Let's be seeking to love one another, to encourage, to bless, to be open-hearted. As I close, I want to ask you this morning, how are you doing on these things? If you were to sort of measure yourself or on some scale internally, don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to, uh, to put a hand up or anything. I just wonder, you know, where are you strong on this and where do you think, oh no, I could improve in that? How's your attitude to others around you? How's your loving one another in a practical way? I wonder, what, what might God say to you? If you were to sit for a moment and say, Holy Spirit, how can I grow in these things? I wonder, what might God say to you? In fact, let's just wait for a moment. I'm going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us because, you know what, I think we could all grow in this. Even if we're really good at it, I think we could all grow in it. I think God could speak to all of us, me included. So I just want to pray and ask God to speak to us in these moments. Is that okay? Yeah, Holy Spirit, we pray now that we will be such a church that God not only loves you, but loves one another. And so I pray now in these quiet moments that you would speak to our heart. Come speak to us, Lord, for each of us individually. How can we grow in these things? How can we improve in these things? What do you want us to be growing in? Who do you want us to be encouraging and loving towards in these next few days and weeks? Come speak to us now, please, Lord. If you're watching this online at home, just quieten your heart to the Lord as well and start to speak to you. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Father, we pray that you would make us a church which is, which is devoted not only to you, but also to one another loves you and loves one another in this radical and generous way that we read about in your word. Help us with these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, loving one another moves on too to loving those who don't know Jesus yet. 
Ray's spoken about Alpha already this morning. And um, wherever you are in, in your journey of faith, whether you've been uh, a Christian for many years, or whether you're new to faith, or maybe even this morning you're thinking, well, I'm not really sure I'm a Christian, but I'm just sort of checking out this thing. Uh, you're really welcome here. If you're online or you're here in the room, it's great you're with us. And the message that I want all of you to hear, regardless of where you are on that spectrum or journey, is God loves you. He loves you. He really does. He's for you. He loves you. He's given his son for you. And that's the message that we want to take outside these four walls. Loving one another leads on to loving those who don't know Jesus yet, who are far from him. And Jesus looked at the crowds and had compassion on them. And I believe that God is calling us to some new things as a church. As we begin to gather, regather again in this way, we feel that God is speaking to us about some new things, about some new stuff for us. And so next week, I'm going to start unpacking some of these things that we feel God is speaking to us about. What it will mean for our gathering, what it will mean for our going. What it will mean for loving those who don't know Jesus yet. So I'm really excited about that. I want to encourage you, don't miss next Sunday, be it in a room or on screen. God bless you. I do hope you can join us then. I look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. So whilst we don't have refreshments today, there's no hurry to head off. You do need to collect children from Crash or Front Club, but otherwise feel free to hang around in here or in the foyer. Do chat to others and... Uh, other than that, we we'll look forward to seeing you next Sunday, back here, 10 o'clock. See you then. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.